0: Welcome again to the Trades Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment. For your enjoyment, my name is Jeff Favre.
1: And I'm Tom Moss, and this is the Trades Cast for the week of June 12th. How are you doing, Jeff?
0: Doing great. Uh, summer's coming along. It's a weird time. Lots of TV shows are getting canceled. Uh, by the way, just as an aside, Tom, um, I don't know if anybody noticed this, but the ratings for America's Got Talent roughly the same with or without Howard Stern. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I I I did watch some because Howard Stern was on it, but I always knew that the ratings were probably always going to be about the same. It's it's uh it's just the show, you know. I mean, it's ten million viewers, and that's what it's got. And uh, so I think that they were not all that concerned when he decided not to. uh uh, bitch about making only 20-something million dollars a year for showing up 10 or 15 times. So, Well, this is uh, a,
1: a good question. I mean, I, I've always thought that that was more of a project of putting Howard Stern in front of other people rather than bringing Howard Stern's fans to America's Got Talent.
0: It may have been, and my guess is that uh, while it didn't really save America's Got Talent, I think it probably did get more subscribers to, um, to Sirius. So uh, I assume Sirius would be happy about that, so... Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Legendary Entertainment, which is a company we haven't talked about a lot. Uh, probably outside of the business, a lot of people didn't know that um, earlier this year, the richest man in China uh, basically bought Legendary Entertainment, making it the first kind of major film company to be run by somebody outside of the United States. Uh, you know, and this is fascinating uh, because I think that it's it hasn't been till about 2 years ago, Tom, that people started to take the Chinese uh film market really seriously, like making sure that their movie, their big budget movie would appeal to a Chinese audience. I think if you go back 6-7 years, no one was thinking about it that much. Now, when you make one of these big budget blockbusters, you have to think not only can it play in China, but but will it play to a Chinese audience? And uh, a good example of this is Legendary Entertainment's Warcraft, which did not do much business here in the states, but Tom, it is just racking up. It's I think it's past a hundred million in uh, in China, and I think people just don't uh, they're underestimating. You know, uh, last year or, or this year, the biggest film um, out of China grossed more than five hundred million dollars, and it's a film that didn't even really play in America. Like they don't even need an American audience, but if you can get both, then basically what you have is Furious Seven, which was huge here and huge there, and and you get to the billion dollar mark. So, do you think Legendary could be leading the charge for these movies that are very China um, uh, focused?
1: Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny. It's, um, I think, I think the days of having any sort of Chinese villain in a movie are long gone. Um, you know, I watched The, the Martian the other night. Have you seen The Martian?
0: Believe it or not, I have. <laughs>
1: yes. So, I like it. About. I really
0: liked it, actually. No, no, I liked it. I just mean, I, I don't get to see enough movies, and
1: I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit too. I mean, I think there were some interesting things about it. But, but what I thought was most interesting and in pertaining to this conversation is the role of the the Chinese space program in saving the day uh, for for this uh, uh, for, for 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 bringing Matt Damon home. And I think we all wanted to see Matt Damon come home. What well, would have been a lousy ending if he just floated off into space? Let's agree. Um, but you know, I think that's that's really really telling. And the the and we've talked about it here before too that the nods that are made to the Asian market are uh are are serious and and certainly commercial you know i don't i don't know that you're going to see uh you know um, um any any hero a chinese heroes show up in jane austen adaptations but uh but uh you know i think for the action movies and the, the the mass market appeal i think uh without a doubt
0: well that one was substantial and i think it may have caught a lot of people off guard where you thought wow the the, uh, this Chinese group has got a lot of airtime here in the a lot of screen time in, um, in the Martian. And yes, I think we're going to see more and more of that. But Legendary Entertainment is, uh, I think a company really that people are going to start paying attention to. And, uh, I know you saw this, but, um, they are going to launch this platform, Alpha, um, using content from, uh, it's pop culture production services, nerdist and uh, geek and sundry. What do you think about this?
1: I think it's a really smart idea. I don't know how much of a, of a market the, um, uh, the nerdist will, will bring initially. Um, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a relatively, it seems like it's a relatively cheap platform. And I think, uh, you know, Chris Hardwick is no, is no dummy. And so if anybody can figure out how to, how to monetize that sort of, um nerdy nerdist um a material then it will be him. I mean th- these are the, the the guys that brought you the uh uh Talking Dead, right? Is it the same the same right. that's Chris Hardwick. It's the same group I assume.
0: Right. Now what do you think about this because you know we've been talking a lot about how <laughs> the uh, communications companies are making sure that uh, they, they're hitting people on all elements in terms of having uh, apps and streaming and making sure that they can get content to you in any ways. Um, but we don't talk about the movie companies uh, driven movie wise to, to being much more all inclusive. But are we just seeing again that the, the sphere is getting, um, more diverse, but also smaller that each little group is just trying to, to, Not just point in one direction, but point in 50 directions, basically, like to get you content in any possible way, like to to just explore every avenue that there is to get you what you might want.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, essential. I mean, we've become so fragmented. And we've talked about this, too, in terms of, uh, I think it, it reminds me of our, our conversations about the box office, how um, opening a movie uh, at, at the box office and, and making your money in that opening weekend, I mean, I think there's, you know, obviously, it's still a, a prize, and there's still movies that can do it, and I think it will be highly sought after for a long time to come. But it's not the only way to make your money back. And so, um, you know, I think there's a, a variety of platforms. I think it becomes really difficult. Because as the as the market fragments so do the um the uh the 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 monetizing schemes and so i think it's just a lot harder to make that money back but but i I don't see any other way um you know it's uh since i've uh dropped our our cable here for the last month or so things have been things have been great you know i haven't missed it at all but um you know tonight i got to figure out how to watch the tonys or live with not watching the tonys so even with that sort of
0: it's so (laughs) funny like you you just said the tonys as in uh there is a there is still that that few elements left of things that are live. Do you think that eventually all those one offs, those live one offs would just have their own app that'll just be like Buy the Tony's for life for a for hundred dollars and you can get everything, Tony. Something like that.
1: Something like that. I mean, I think it's probably more likely that, that Hulu will buy the rights to the Tonys and will broadcast it live through their, for their subscribers or Netflix or, or whatever. Or Facebook. I mean, I think that's even more likely. Facebook and, and Twitter are, are coming into this, this market. So I think it'll be, you know, just thinking about how we'd like to live. Um, I don't want to have 50 apps for every little thing that I might want to watch. Um, but I think there'll be other ways to do it. But essentially, yes, I think there's going to be something like that.
0: Uh, it's so funny because we we'd already talked about how this last year they made jokes on the Emmys about how there's too much content now, like basically 400 shows, and it's impossible to watch it all. But we had talked about, and you can go back in the archives and listen, we had talked about how um, maybe we had reached a ceiling, but Tom, I don't think we reached the ceiling because um, these – these new deals that we're talking about mean more content. And and what's so fascinating, and this was a, a, probably not uh, much news for people who weren't fans of Nashville, but the show Nashville um, got picked up for a new season by CMT, and it's also going to run on Hulu. And again, the, what, the, what this means is that not only are there being more shows, but shows that can't even make it on broadcast or somewhere else, are getting picked up by someone else. So it's like, it's like easier for a show to live and more places for new shows to be born.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this is, is slightly unusual because it is a, a, um, uh, a show with a market, uh, with an audience, uh, but not enough of an audience, uh, for what was it? ABC? Yes. So, you know, it's moving to CM, CMT, which, I don't even know that much about it. It's a country music, uh, uh, channel. Um, you know, it's, it's a minor channel, but what a coup. I mean, they can scrape together enough money to buy Nashville and then people will figure out, their fans will figure out where CMT is. And so I think it's, it's actually a brilliant marketing move, whether it's for Nashville or for CMT ultimately, um, you know, remains to be seen.
0: I mean, you're right. It's not a trend until it happens several times. The Mindy show, um, this, there's been a couple but it, I guess it's not uh, it's not really a trend until we see like all of the the best shows that get canceled by Fox and ABC, which again keeps happening. They keep having good shows that they cancel almost immediately uh, and uh, until we see more of those shows picked up, then I guess it's not a trend. but Tom, I could see that happening because um the 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 network's still running so scared that they'll have a, the occasional show uh where critics are really liking it. It feels like it's got a core audience that will, you know, maybe that audience is only four or five million, but they would keep tuning in. You know, they would tune in religiously. Um, and and then if you're Netflix or Hulu or whoever, and you're thinking, well, if you give me four million every week, I'll take that. I just got to cut the, I got to cut the budget, but I'll just take it.
1: Well, with, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I think this is uh pointing at the problem of the the networks i mean f- Four or five million isn't enough to sustain a network show. Um, but it's more than enough. It's f- three or four times as much, uh, as can, can support a, a cable show or a streaming show. So, um, you know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a trend or if this is just sort of the, the, uh, the, 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 the water finding its own level of, of this transition that we're going through. Uh, but I mean, I, I think you're going to see a little bit more of this, but, um, uh, you know, I, I just don't think there's that many shows that have that kind of audience that uh, that will be picked up. I can't think of one. Maybe something like The Blacklist. or I, I don't know what else would, 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 be, would be primed to make this kind of shift.
0: You're right. Anything what? That
1: has been, is there anything that's been canceled this year that you could see moving to cable or streaming?
0: Um, that show, The, the Grinder, right? Is that what it was called? The Roblo? Uh, right. I thought that show may have had a, an audience that was... Um, popular uh i mean uh, you know um consistent enough but yes you are correct right now there may not be i would have if if, i don't think she wanted to keep going with mike and molly but mike and molly got canceled i feel like that's a show that that could have uh, maintained an audience but but you're right so far it's not a thing yet but i'm just we're seeing more of this shift um, you know, we haven't even, we never even talked about Adam Sandler's deal with Netflix, but more of this shift where just things are happening that just, just two years ago, we would have never thought was even possible. So, um, you know, speaking of which, uh, you and I have always been a fan of the variety show. They don't work. <laughs> they are not successful. They are not popular unless it's called Saturday Night Live. They don't make it. And uh, a couple of years ago, you and I reported about Maya Rudolph. Uh, looked like she was gonna have a variety show, and there it was, and there it went, and no one paid any attention. And now there's a new one with Maya Rudolph and Martin Short. They don't give up on this. Uh, NBC does not give up. The ratings for the first episode were fine. They are starting to drop. Uh, and so I don't know if they'll keep it up. But isn't it funny that NBC of all people keeps trying to do the variety show, even though no one will watch. No one will watch the variety <laughs> show.
1: I know, I, I think I, 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 like the idea of it a lot more than I have any interest in actually watching it. And, um, you know, it's, I, I've, I've been a Martin Short fan for, for many, many years, but he just, he just can't seem to find his audience. And maybe Maya Rudolph is the same way. I don't know. I mean, all respect to them, but I don't know if they have, um, I don't know if they, their, their shtick has, uh, the ability to sustain over an entire season
0: yeah I don't think so i It is so funny. I think you just said it in one sentence. We love the idea of a variety show, just not really enough to watch it consistently <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um which is why these one offs with the um the live musicals work so well. It's like, hey, just come once and then a bunch of months later we'll do another one and I think that's a that's a great idea. um <clears throat> you know, we haven't talked a lot about uh Sumner Redstone and Viacom, uh, but the, you know, there's this whole family feud and some crazy stuff going to get rid of the crazy old man. And, uh, uh, but now there's talk of Viacom and CBS, which split up re-merging. Uh, I, this does not surprise me, but, um, do you think it's just because, uh, this consolidation of power is just, the way things are it just is the way of now it's the way of the future
1: uh i i don't know if we can take any lessons from this viacom situation i mean it is so so bizarre and so um uh so vicious um but i i I think if we saw a lot more of this consolidation and contraction then then yeah we could make more of it but uh i think viacom is its own animal i mean this this it's it's a it's a sad and but, well maybe it's not that sad but it's 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 a it's a pretty vicious Hollywood story.
0: Yeah, I imagine we will see some kind of movie about it at some point. Uh but it definitely is interesting to see if they do get back together, we'll definitely cover that and explain if it really has any impact on you as the consumer of of information of content. Um you know, speaking of which, Uh, I wanted to kind of wrap up talking a little bit about Gawker. Uh, A lot of people saw this coming, Gawker filing for bankruptcy. um, And do you think that any of the Gawker-like sites, companies, have learned a lesson from this Hulk Hogan mess? I mean, do you think it's going to change the way things are covered, things are published, you know, published online? Or do you think this is just... People figure, ah, it won't happen to us. And we'll just keep going.
1: (laughs) Well, I think, uh, they, they damn well better learn a lesson from this. I mean, I, I think, I think it's a really interesting story. And I've, I've been thinking today about where my sympathies lie. Um, I mean, I, and I think ultimately we have to, we have to privilege Uh, journalism and give journalism the benefit of the doubt. Uh, Gawker has, um, has, has, has done a lot of very foolish things, but they've also done some terrific work. Through the through their history, ultimately though, it is a journalistic responsibility not to break the law and to hold to journalistic ethics. And I think that that's where they that's where they fell down. So I'm I'm troubled that a that essentially a, um, a media oligarch can decide to go after a company and destroy it. Uh, on the other hand, I think that company has some responsibility. To, um, to maintain their own ethics and, and, and frankly, legal standards. so yeah, um, I,
0: I agree. Listen, TMZ uh, does some things that I'm not thrilled about, but they break a lot of stories. And they tend to, uh, although it's a very gray area, they tend to stay on the right side of the law. Um, and they are run by an attorney. And they do seem to be aware of what they can get away with and what they can't. Uh, and I think is, I don't like how gray and how big that gray area is between what you can get away with as a quote journalist. Um, but when you just flag- flagrantly disregard that gray area and just go way beyond it, you should get slapped down. And I mean slapped down to the point that maybe you don't have a company anymore. Um, because well, I mean they've given you a lot of, they gave you a lot of rope. And if you, if you hanged yourself, that's your problem.
1: I, I totally agree. I mean, I, and I think, um, and I think they defied numerous warnings for a number of years that, uh, very, you know, some serious close calls, um, and, and, and totally disregarded them. So I don't, I don't think this necessarily bodes ill for the First Amendment or for other companies, but I think, I think, um, Gawker is going to be a shadow of its, of its former self. But, you know, um, nature abhors a vacuum. I wouldn't worry about um, your gossip needs being met. Uh, That will, I'm sure, not be a problem.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. There's tons of places and just cuz you can't do certain horrible things, you can still do plenty of awful things. So, um so uh, we will we will follow that and uh, as the summer heats up literally and figuratively, we're going to have some big movies coming out. Finding Dory is coming uh in a week, so we're going to check into that. I imagine it's going to be a huge, huge hit. So we'll check that out. We'll be looking at some of the uh, action that's going on, both online in the theaters and on TV. And we'll be checking anything else in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great day.